You're listening to the Group Practice Exchange Podcast. We're the business development resource for group practice owners, where we talk candidly about business ownership and leadership. From practice building tips to live coaching to real talk episodes with other group practice owners, we're the resource you've been looking for to help you grow your group practice. I'm your host, group practice owner and entrepreneur, Maureen Werbach. This episode is sponsored by Therapy Notes. Therapy Notes is an online EHR, practice management, and billing software designed for mental health professionals. Therapy Notes has everything you need to manage patient records, schedule appointments, create rich documentation, and bill insurance right at your fingertips. They offer free and unlimited live support seven days a week. Their streamlined software is accessible wherever and whenever you need it. To get two free months, go to www.therapynotes.com forward slash r forward slash the group practice exchange. Need a new accountant or bookkeeper? Meet Green Oak Accounting, an accounting firm that works specifically with private practices. They do all of your accounting needs from budgeting to accounting to bookkeeping and payroll to building your dashboard. On top of that, they can help you set up your profit first systems. Go to greenoakaccounting.com and mention the group practice exchange for $100 off your first month. Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Group Practice Exchange podcast. I'm really excited because it's been a long time. We're doing a real talk episode where you guys get to listen in on a conversation between a friend and I. And today I have Noreen Iqbal on with me. She owns Olive Branch Counseling in New Jersey, and we're going to be talking about her experience in buying a building for her group practice and what that was like and kind of the journey that she took. So hi, Noreen. How are you? Hi, Maureen. Thanks so much for having me on. Um, I literally just had my heart drop because I was like, did I just say hi, Maureen? Because <laughs> you're like, hi, Maureen. And I was like, I just call her Maureen too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how are things going? Good. They yeah. are going well. Um, you know, just moving along. I, as we all are, I think. Yeah. Um, I just had a coaching call with um, a person who just closed on a house. She's probably in your group, but just closed on a house uh, two weeks ago for her group practice. Um, oh. It was like six months of loss of stress. Um, and she's finally feeling like, you know, good about uh, decorating and renovating yeah. and stuff. So, um, I know a, a little bit about your journey with this just because we're friends, but I thought it'd be a, a good place for people to kind of hear um, your experience. Yeah, absolutely. Actually coaching and helping people through it. Um, I mean, even better for people to get that support from you if they need it. Right. So I actually started my group practice as a group. So I started it as a group um, about, it'll be four years this year. And um, two years into it, when I was about to renew my lease, I thought, you know, rent is so expensive. Why not just buy? So I started looking, right? So just to backtrack a little, um, when my son was three years old, I decided to buy a three-family property in um, a college town nearby. And um, I always felt like real estate, I come from a family family of real estate investors, and I always felt like real estate was the way to go. So I invested in that. Maybe well, he's 16 now. So 13 years ago, I bought that property. And it's college students and young professionals who occupy it. And it's always been, you know, it's always been 
cost effective and it's always been an income producer. So then when I was looking into my lease was up for my group practice and I thought, you know, let me, let me look to see what's out there. So I took a good six months just really looking in the neighborhoods. I saw a lot of stuff, you know, first I would just scope it out online. And then if I liked it, I would just tell my realtor like, Hey, I want to go see this. And, you know, and then I had my eyes set on the building that I bought. So I bought, uh, it's so pretty. Oh, thanks. (laughs) So I bought um, an 18 office, five bathroom facility it, it looks like a single family home from the outside, which I really loved. So when you walk inside, it's a very homey feel because it's almost like a colonial. So when you walk in there's stairs and, um, you know, when I first bought it, it had renters in it already. So it's always a good thing to have renters already there because then your chances of getting approved from a bank are higher because it's already a net positive property versus, okay, I'm just going to take this on and you know, I don't even have the staff to fill it. And, you know, so I told the bank, okay, I'm going to take one floor and um, the lower level as well as the upper level was already rented. So I figured, let me just do this in phases versus, you know, just moving in, kicking everyone out. That's not what I did. So I just moved in in phases. And as my practice grew, I didn't renew leases for the other. I mean, on our lower level, we had a music company. So that didn't really go with our theme or vision. So I had to tell him like, listen, this is not going to work, you know, and everyone was very understanding and um, because their lease was up anyway, right? Do you have that? So is the whole space yours now? Yes. I'm jumping. So, well, (laughs) the only thing is, so now I have, so we have 18 offices and five bathrooms, but I have one office and a waiting room um, rented by a psychiatrist, which flows with our, you know, um, it goes. So she occupies, so I still have about 17 offices and, um, you know, that's what we occupy. And honestly, it's given me the flexibility of having so much in my practice that I wouldn't normally have if I rented, right? So we have a playroom, we have a sand tray room, we have an art room, like an official art room, you know? Um, I have two art therapists on staff, right? I have a room that I just dedicate to my staff. So it has like a sectional, a fridge, snack bar, like it's just, uh, we call it like our heart space because Brene Brown always says you need like a heart space, you know? So we call, so after your sessions, if you just want to like regroup and just hang out, if you want to do your notes, you can. And it's a large space with like a fireplace and it's just really like you're sitting in your living room, you know? So I really feel like it it helps me. Also having a home space in general helps you um, cultivate like good employee, like you feel like a team, like a family, you know, like, okay, yeah, cool. We're here versus Mm -hmm. like, you know, being in like a corporate building or, you know, so it's really helped with that. Um, What was it like, I guess, making that decision initially? I know it might be different for you because you were doing kind of real estate type stuff. Look, I think it's numbers. I think a lot of people think into it, but you got to really, it's like black and white. So when I help people um, try to figure out if it's a good investment. For me, it's just black and white. It's numbers, right? Does does it make sense? Right. So like when people tell me, oh, I have this group practice and I'm buying this like three um three room condo, right? I think to myself, the numbers don't add up. If you grow and you're gonna grow, right? So then what are you gonna do? Then right. you have to rent another space, you know? So for me, it's all about do the numbers add up, right? And also, I think it's about being able to see vision somewhere, right? So there's a lot of properties out there. But, you know, like I would see some properties. I'm like, okay, 
uh, the, the ceilings are so low. There's no windows. Stuff like that you can't do anything about because it's not cosmetic, right? But it, the minute you are able to envision yourself in a space, I feel like that those are worth pursuing, yeah. right? Without spending so much money, right? So like there's some hard non-negotiables like parking, right? My um, facility comes with like 21 spots. Right. And even that's not enough sometimes. Right. So it's like, you really have to know like, okay, your demographic, where are they going to park? Right. And also to really understand your vision, because once you buy, remember if you have a 25 year, most commercial properties are 25 year with a five year, right. Extension. So it, you don't really hit your principal for six years. So you're really stuck in that, you know, so you have to really think long-term like, okay, how is, is this really going to be profitable? So that's an interesting thing I don't think about. You're saying that in, when you're purchasing commercial space that you're not paying down any of the principal for a handful of years. So yeah. any 30-year mortgage, right? Even homes. Yeah. You don't yeah. really touch the principal for six years, right? It's all well, interesting. How is this important to look at when it comes to like your longer-term vision with purchase purchasing? It's important because you have to think, okay, how big do I want my group to be? If it's just you and you just want to buy a suite, cool, right? But if you have a group and you keep adding or even a couple people become full, I mean, are you going to have enough room, right? Yeah. So it's, I think <clears throat> sometimes it's better to have a renter. And then after the year, you know, okay, I, I don't want to extend. And then you're able to have that flexibility, right? Yeah. Or else you have to keep buying. And remember, to keep buying, you need that down payment. You need those closing costs, you, need, you know? So <clears throat> it's hard, right? Yeah. I, I so. tend to be a person that likes to grow into things so I can take that level of risk. I think that's one of the things that a lot of group practice owners struggle with is is making a big enough jump, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, I bought this building yeah. and I had seven people on staff and today I have like 25, Yeah. you know, in two years, right? So I was able to, and I, and I just added three during, um, you know, the last three months. So I'm able to have that space, right? <clears throat> Um, what, what, uh, I have two questions in my head now. Um, one is how was the process of actually purchasing? And if you could take away your pre, I don't know if you can do this, but take away the fact that you've done this before, um, mm -hmm. in, in listening to the person who I was coaching earlier today, just talk about how stressful the six months process was. Is that typical? It's very stressful. It's very stressful, right? Because you need to have a thorough inspection. And also I always tell people, don't get emotionally attached to things. It's hard, right? But don't get emotionally attached because there could be a lot wrong that goes wrong. And then what? You know I mean, then you got to pull out because financially it doesn't make sense, right? We're not just dipping all this money into something. Cosmetic things are fine. But like, for example, I bought this building and I knew that there was water on the lower level because I could, I could see it. But then I, you know, the, the owner said, no, 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 there's no water. I said, hmm, I think there's water but I hired an excellent inspector. Like, you know, you never cheap out on a good inspector, right? Some inspectors are 800, some are 1800, right? I went with the 1800 because I was like, you know what? I, I really need to know. He told me, listen, there's been water here and it was here this day. And then the owner really had nothing to go back on, right? So mm -hmm. at closing, he gave me $20,000 to put in a new French drain downstairs, right? And then I felt secure, right? Yeah. Now, if I had an inspector that missed that, I wouldn't get that, right? And then maybe I have to pull out. So I feel like <clears throat> it is very stressful. But the thing is, you just have to keep moving forward, right? The minute you 
okay, look, it's very overwhelming, but at the same time, you have to just keep your eye on the prize, like the light at the end of the tunnel. Light at the end of the tunnel is this is another job. It is like when people say, oh, this is my side hustle and this is passive income. I don't know if it's really passive, right? You have to work for it. There is work that goes into it. It's another investment. You know, you're going to own your property. You are essentially paying yourself rent, right? right? So there's going to be work that comes along with that, you know? Chuck, can you talk um, a little bit about that? Because I, I think that's something that people maybe don't fully think through is... Yeah. Um, so when you buy a property, buy. yeah. So when you buy a property, you name it your own LLC. So now Olive Branch pays my LLC, which is basically the street address of the property, right? So the street address. So Olive Branch pays on the first of every month. It just goes auto. It pays for Olive Branch pays its rent. Basically rent that we would pay for 17 offices and four bathrooms in this area. Mm-hmm. So I was able to like really see like, okay, how much, what, what's square footage, whatever, you know? Mm-hmm. So I pay myself rent every month, right? And all expenses and mortgage go from that other account. Yeah. From from the property account, right? So expenses like the garbage and landscaping, like whether Olive Branch was in this facility or not, it, it would still, you know, have to function, right? So mm-hmm. my taxes on my mortgage. Also, when my renter pays me, that payment also goes into that account. Right. You know? So well, my renter pays half my mortgage. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense, right? What kind of other work do you have to to do as the owner of a building? Take away, I guess, being a group practice owner. Look, I think once you already have the furniture in, it's just like you would rent. Once you have everything set up, I mean, nothing's really, right? You just have to make sure you you constantly have supplies. But the only thing is, if something breaks down, like a toilet gets clogged or something, I'm really into outsourcing. So I have someone on call for everything. Yeah. You know, so I don't necessarily like the toilet breaks. I'm not doing that work, right? So I have a handyman charges twenty five bucks an hour, and he does it all. I have a vision, you know. Hey, p- put this painting here. We make a list, and then he comes even after hours, and he just does it, right? So once you find a reliable person, it's a dream. Like you know, it, w- it works like a well oiled machine, like a good landscaper, a good you know. So it, it is possible. Would you say that's an important part of um, yes. a business? Outsourcing is absolutely... Look, you can't do it all, right? And guess what? Like, you know, I think like a lot of um, people are sold the DIY dream. And I appreciate the DIY dream. I love HGTV. But some things, you know, are just best done because you actually end up spending less. You yeah. know, because by the time I buy all the tools, everything, and it still doesn't come out right. So I'm like, why not just have my handyman do it? Yeah. You know? Um, and look, I think in, in the beginning, sometimes you do have to maybe paint a room or just to get through, you yeah. know, but once you're income positive, right. Um, I think like in the beginning of buying and it's just like when your house poor, when you buy a house, right. Like things are tight, right. But then once you move it along and you keep building your account, right. Where your profit is, it, it you should be okay to be able to outsource things. What's your least favorite thing? I have two questions left. Least favorite thing about owning property? I think the least favorite thing is when you have renters who are kind of annoying, you know, <laughs> who are like, eee, I don't want, I, you know, I don't like this or I don't like that or, you know, then that just gets really annoying. And then you just have to start thinking about, okay, listen, I'm not looking to renew. And that's yeah. why I don't do very long leases. You know, a lot of commercial leases are five years. I don't do five years. I do year to year and then we'll, we'll reevaluate based yeah. on your behavior. You know what I mean? Because 
I just feel like sometimes, you know, folks just complain about everything. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's a good one. Um, and what's, what's your favorite part about owning your own? Honestly, my favorite part is like, I, like I own it. It's, it's like, I'm coming to my home, you know, it's a beautiful space that I've created, you know, and I just feel like if I have any vision or any dream and I'm like, you know, like I wanted this amazing coffee bar. Well, I put it in, you know, like anything I want or any vision I've ever had for this, for my practice to be able to like, you know, I, I have it. Yeah. Right. I'm able it's to, amazing. yeah, I'm able to, you know, just like little things like, you know, I'm able to like outside um, for mental health awareness month, we have signs like I'm on a main road. So we have signs of like, you know, just like don't give up and, you know, reach out for help. Like I couldn't do that if I was renting, right? Like mm-hmm. I could, I could decorate the place how I want. I could do whatever I want. You know, that to me is everything, right? Yes. Because it really customizes your space. Yeah. As I say, you do a really good job on the outside of your space. Cause obviously when you don't own, you get to, you, you can decorate the inside of your space how you want, but the client experience really, or the client experience that you have control over doesn't get to start until you get into the office. But with yours, I, I look at how you, the front porch, you always are decorating for the seasons. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. Mental health. And I feel like, you know, I feel like it, it, it eliminates that stigma or like that stuffiness or like, you know, that agency feel. It's just kind of like, okay, you just walk into someone's home and, you just have a seat, you grab a cup of tea and you go see your therapist. Yeah. You know, it's like just, it normalizes the whole experience. Yeah. All right. Let people know how they can uh, reach out to you because you have a Facebook group. And so I have a Facebook group. It's called Therapy Property. And um, my website's actually um, being worked on and I will be, you know, scheduling consultations later this month. That's awesome. So I can help you, you know, walk you through it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. It's good to see your face in so long. Yeah. <laughs> so nice seeing you. All right. Well, have a good one. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Group Practice Exchange podcast. Like what you heard? Give us five stars on whatever platform you're listening from. Need extra support? Join The Exchange, a membership community just for group practice owners with monthly office hours, live webinars, and a library of trainings ready for you to dive into. Visit www.members.thegrouppracticeexchange.com forward slash exchange. See you next week.